Hello, uh, good evening. I'm Trey. Y'all probably know me. I just like to introduce myself. Uh, tonight I'm going to talk, be talking on faith like we've been doing on Sunday mornings uh, lately. <clears throat> so if you want to open your books up, or Bibles up to Luke, that's where I'm going to be digging into first. Um, I'm going to be going into a lot of different scripture tonight. I'm not going to have focusing on one verse. I'm just going to focus on what the Word says on building your faith. Um, Jesus uh, here is talking to his disciples, and it's the Last Supper, and they are dealing with the issue, um, what is going to happen and what's going to take place that night. And so Jesus informs them, his disciples, and he's telling them, and he's saying, tonight you guys are going to leave me. You are going to desert me. And, uh, and as you know, if you've heard the story, Peter objects to that, saying, God, I, I will not run out on you. And Jesus answers to that, saying, actually, Peter, it's going to be, more wor it's going to be worse for you. Uh, and this is where we come in reading Luke uh, chapter 22, verses 31 and 32 is all I'm going to be reading of that, I believe. And it says this. Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift all of you as wheat. But I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. Uh, the point that I want to make here with this scripture is that out of all the things that Jesus could have prayed for, for Peter, he decided to pray for his faith. And, and he prayed that his faith would not fail. And uh, I think that is an important thing for you and I to take note of. And it's going to be like the, springful, uh, the springboard of going off into this message about faith. And we're going to talk about keeping our faith strong when we get to those tough times. And, and here Peter is about to go into a really tough time, a hard, hard time. And I mean like a life-altering, uh, enormous kind of failure. And he's going to fail big time. Uh, he's going to fall into the mud face first. And not only is he going to fail once, but three times. And Jesus knows this. And, um, and Jesus also knows having that type of, of event in his life that it could uh, devastate his faith uh, greatly. And there's people like today that get to the point and they're like, you know what, I'm done. I'm done with life, I'm done, I'm tired of this, I'm done, I'm such a failure, I'm so disappointed, I'm such a discouraged, uh, discouraged and uh, I don't even wanna go on. Um, the thing is though, Jesus knows that and he knew that about uh, Peter. So he said, Simon, I have prayed for you and I have prayed that your faith will not fail. Um, and so do you notice what he said, or excuse me, what Jesus said that Satan asked to do? He said that Satan has asked to sift you as wheat. Um, and now you may be aware of what the sifting process is with uh, wheat. It involves, and it's like you have to take the, I think it's the chaff. You separate the stalk and the chaff from the wheat kernel, and it's something like you had to do to get down to the fruit, the main part of the wheat. Um, but if you've ever seen sifting go on, it's kind of a violent uh, process and it's literally like when we're talking about sifting wheat we're talking about literally tearing the wheat apart and so Satan is wanting um, to tear basically Jesus's d disciples apart just like we would wheat um, especially Peter um, so Satan uh, had asked permission to rip you apart and specifically Peter okay my bad and he wants to tear you away from God's promises, and he wants to tear you away from trusting in the Lord with all your heart and leaning not on your own understanding. Uh, and he wants to tear you away from a closer relationship with Jesus. That, who, that's who Satan is, and that's what Satan does. Um, so out of all those things, again, Jesus prayed for um, Peter's faith, and here's why. 
and it's because the condition of our faith is critical. Um, it would be cool if we could have like a faith meter like we could put on our arm or a heart that you know, like tells us if we got you know, a weak faith, strong faith, how our faith is doing and so forth. But uh, what condition, uh, you might ask yourself, is your faith really in? Um, it's, a huge, it's a huge thing. I don't think that this is like a small thing because like you hear faith a lot. But when Paul wrote to the church of Thessalonica, or how do you pronounce that, uh, Paul didn't often uh, get to stay with churches uh, as long as he wanted to. He would go, he would share the gospel, he would preach the gospel, and they would raise like the beginning of this church group, and then they would just run him out. And they like literally had to run him out of the town. And it was no less the situation there. Uh, so Paul had to leave, and he would be concerned on how the believers that were still there were doing. Um, and so he wrote to the church and he explained to them, you know, I've been worried sick about you guys. I mean, what's going on? And, <clears throat> but the question is, you might have, is what was he worried about? And this is when I'm going to go into 1 Thessalonians. And if you want to open up there to chapter 3, I'm going to read verses 5 and 8 and explain. Sorry, I have a lot of blue things. Uh, verses 5 through 8 says this. Okay. For this reason, when I could stand it no longer, I sent to find out about your faith. I was afraid that in some way that the tempter had tempted you and that our laborers might have been in vain. Okay. So, uh, but Timothy has just now come to us from you and has brought good news about your faith and love. He has told us that you always have pleasant memories of us and that you long to see us just as we have longed to see you. Therefore, brothers and sisters, in all our distress and persecution, excuse me, uh, we were encouraged about you because of your faith. For now, we for now we really live since you are standing firm in the Lord. And that's the best explanation that I could probably come up with of uh, what happens when you have a healthy faith. You're standing firm in the Lord um, by having a strong faith and trust. And you know there's an Old Testament example uh, or statement, I guess I should say, that during the time of King Ahaz, uh, who is a contemporary of Isaiah, and this is actually found in Isaiah, where King Ahaz was facing that military uh, threat, and it was a serious one. Uh, but God came to him and said, do not be afraid. I'm going to take care of you through this thing. Not that Ahaz was necessarily a good guy. Uh, he really wasn't the best, but God was just being gracious. And uh, this is what he said to Ahab, and this is kind of fascinating. So again, I'm going to go into another scripture. I wanted to have scripture to kind of back up everything and give me something to talk about, honestly. Uh, the head of Ephraim is Samaria, and the head of Samaria is only Remaliah's son. If you do not stand firm in your faith, you will not stand at all. Um, that's kind of a, a sobering statement for God to make there. Um, if you don't stand firm in your faith, you will not stand at all, basically. Um, so what are some things that, you know, can cause our faith to fail? Um, what are things that can cause us, you know, to not stand firm in our faith uh, because our faith has been compromised or eroded? Um, this is where it's going to kind of get personal. And quite frankly, uh, the things that I might struggle with in terms of threatening my faith, um, you guys might not even, you know, it's not on your radar what affects me. Um, but, and maybe something that would just send you into a tailspin would not affect me. So, it's, you know, both ways. Um, we all have our buttons, and Satan's like the pro button pusher. Uh, not, not necessarily does he know what buttons to push at the right time. He's just so used to human nature pretty well, and he has been doing it for a long time. So eventually he knows if he just keeps on pushing buttons that uh, he is going to get 
something to make you th throw you in a loop, uh, whatever it may be. And then you get to the point, you compromise your faith in some way, and it's whatever brings disappointment Satan loves. Um, there's lots of things that can do that. Uh, those are the things that we all have to look out for in our life. Um, or those are the things that we are going to have to expect Satan to throw at us. And um, it's going to, you know, it might keep us from, which Satan's okay with, might keep us from, like I said, having that close relationship with God and doing God's will. Um, because he knows if he can get, if Satan can get us disappointed, if he can get us discouraged, uh, or we're, we're this close to giving up. And if he just keeps going, we're going to be to the point, we're just going to throw in the towel and say, I'm done. Uh, and like Brent said this morning, the Bible refers to these things that Satan throws us as the flaming arrows of the evil one. Uh, very descriptive uh, word phrase there. Uh, the flaming arrows of the evil one, it's found in Ephesians 6, where, it's where Brent was this morning. Uh, I'm going to read a little bit of that. And I'm going to start out reading just 12 and 13, then I'll read 14 and 16 in here in a second. Uh, verse 12 says, for, us for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realm, realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything to stand. Okay, yeah. 14. Okay. Uh, you know, it's easy to go into a battle standing. What's hard is to go into a battle standing, and after the battle continue to be standing um, and so and that's what Paul is saying here and he I want you to he wants us to put on the full armor of God so that when we stand and when we go into the battle at the end of the battle we are still standing and and after that we're going to get in, we're going to read 14 through 16 and that says stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist with the breastplate of righteousness in place and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all of this, take up the shield of faith, like Brent said this morning, with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Uh, so what is our faith for? Well, it's to extinguish the flaming arrows uh, that Satan throws at us from the evil one. Not just, not just deflect them, but distinguish it, period. Um, <clears throat> you know, flaming arrows is pretty... Uh, bad probably to send someone's way. Uh, it's not just an arrow. An arrow will do enough damage itself, but a flaming arrow, um, obviously if I wanted, like, if I hated a town and I wanted to go shoot them up, I could, I wouldn't have to, like, aim at somebody. I could just, if it's on fire, I aim something, I'll catch on fire, you know, I'd cause a big thing with just one little arrow. And that's kind of what Satan does. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, because I, I could start a huge fire and then that would cause mayhem and problems, just like with like with them and their whatever I set on fire, but with us and our relationship with God, kind of the same dealio. Um, so it's a powerful duel that we have been given, but it's uh, all predicated upon our faith and the health of our faith. Uh, remember when I was talking about just putting that meter on us? Uh, when I was talking about it, it would be easier to see how healthy our faith is. Uh, um, the question is, is it healthy, and can we extin extinguish the flaming arrows that uh, come our way, or? Are we getting hit by these flaming arrows and just letting them sit there and sizzle and burn? Um, if your faith is not strong, if it's in fact compromised, then you are going to find those arrows doing a lot of damage to your life and your relationship with Jesus. And they will continue to weaken your faith until eventually you get close to giving up, if not altogether. 
giving up. Obviously, Satan wants you to be in a weakened condition uh, so that his flaming arrows can do what he wants them to do. And this is what Peter wrote to us in 1 Peter uh, 5, 8, if you want to open there. It says, be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. We talked about that today in Sunday school, and I did, couldn't answer it, and it was in my sermon. But um, I'll tell you right now what he wants to devour, and what he wants to devour is our faith. Uh, he seriously just wants to devour our faith. And I was afraid that the enemy got in there. This is what Jesus said, or Peter. Uh, I was afraid that the enemy got in there and wrecked everything. And I was, uh, oh, my mother, my bad. I'm on the wrong verse. Okay, yeah, Paul wrote to the Thessalonians, and we looked at that passage earlier, and he said that he sent Timothy to find out about their, his, their faith, and I was afraid that the enemy got in there and wrecked everything. And he said, I was afraid that Satan got in there and devoured your faith, but Timothy came back and said, you know what, your faith is strong, so we are good, we are good, if you're good and I'm good, everything's good. Um, and that's what he says to them. And it is a strong faith that stands ground against its enemy. Uh, so what can we do about that? Um, here are some tools that I think the Lord has given you and I uh, to, so we may have a strong and healthy faith. And these are the word, prayer, fellowship, and obedience. Uh, tonight, I really can only do the word. I'm, I'm focusing on the word. That's why I'm reading a lot of scripture. Uh, the other ones, it would like be a whole other sermon for each one but I only have time for one. Um, Romans 10, 17 says, faith comes from hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. Um, so that means the word of God has a direct connection uh, with the building up of our faith and the strengthening of your faith. And, and when your faith is strong, you can extinguish all those flaming arrows of the enemy. You can stand and through everything you can stand. Be standing when all things are said and done. Um, I think something that we can all do including myself, is uh, read the word more. And be, because we get, we make our faith stronger through the word, and we should all read more. The problem that most people, I think, have is not getting into the word of God, but staying in the word of God. Um, staying consistently in the word of God is the biggest issue. And that's been an issue with God's people ever since they became God's people. Even in the Old Testament, in Deut Deuteronomy 11 uh, verses 18 and 20. And it says this. It says, Fix these words of mine in your hearts and minds. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Uh, teach them to your children, talking about them when you sit at home and you, when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. In other words, what God is saying is um, be creative about how you keep the word of God and how you get to the word of God. Um, I think that's what he's saying. Uh, if he was saying this today, uh, it might be something like, you know, print out the scripture, put it on your bathroom mirror, and when you're brushing your teeth, getting ready for work, church, whatever you got going on, get that in your head, and you know, reading that every morning, you're going to remember it. Um, if you don't like to read, uh, or you can put something in your car on your dashboard or if you've got an iPod, you can download probably on iTunes God's Word or you can get something, surely, um, and go for a run. You want to lose weight? Well, lose weight, get some Jesus, and you'd be good. And you see, we have so many ways of getting uh, Scripture today. And, <coughs> <coughs> excuse me. Um, Romans 
Uh, and God just says in the Old Testament to be creative. <coughs> just dang. Um, he said to bind them on their heads. Uh, you know, you can have the word of God like hanging like off of you and still not have it uh, in you. Um, I think that, that's a fact. It can't have it in your heart, I should say. Uh, the first thing that God said here in Deuteronomy was bind my words, bind my word in your heart. Let it in and uh, allow the word of God to be assimilated. And sometimes our reading of the word of God is just this quick, you know, da-da-da-da-da, and then we're done. You know, God created the heavens and the earth. Okay, I'm done. What's for dinner? Um, and we're not really getting anything of it. And that's where we are slacking off. We're not getting in the word. And then there's just going to be this subtle, constant erosion to our faith that will make us more, you know, susceptible to those firing arrows that he sends our way. Um, and we become more vulnerable. And I have had a question that came to mind and why don't Christians make feeding on the word God daily, a daily priority in our lives? Uh, because honestly, like, it should be. Um, and the only answer I have to that is, like, is that we don't think it matters, like, truly matters that much. I guarantee it, if you're obsessed with your car, you're going to wash your car, like, probably every day. Like, if something like that, a car, whatever you think matters, you're going to take the time to do it. You know, and, like, me, I think football is necessary. I'm going to go to football. I think lifting is necessary. I'm going to go lift. But, see, it's not like that. I'm not saying I don't read the Bible. I'm just... I don't want to make myself look bad, but we're all in the same boat. <laughs> um, what we are passionate about and what we value is we take time to do that. And if that means, like I said, doing those things or whatever is important to you. Uh, but what we need to do is we need to be more convinced that keeping our faith uh, is healthy and is vital. And I want to remind you, uh, what did Jesus pray about regarding Peter, which was his faith, that his faith would not fail? Uh, and what does that tell us? Um, that... This is critical. It is critical that we have a healthy faith, not just, oh, we'll get around to it. No, it's critical. Um, I mean, like, the situation often is that we are just kind of on cruise because we aren't really under that much stress about it. Uh, we, can, we can liken our lives kind of like a bridge, okay? A bridge uh, that is full of stress fractures. My bad. Uh, full of stress fractures. Uh, but they don't show up because what is going on top of the bridge, you know, you got cars, bikes, you know, people walking. But what we don't know is that that bridge could be very poorly built. And, but we don't see that. You know, all we see is nice, easy, like traffic. Everything seems fine. Um, but once those, you know, but that broken vessel, we're, we're broken vessels is what we are. Um, but, okay, and so once the, those big trucks and semis we'll see driving on the bridge, uh, once we see them coming on, uh, those stress fractures of the bridge are going to start showing. And... That is the time that you and I and our, our part of it, not driving a bus or something, but that's, we need to probably decide that it's time to start getting into the word ourselves when we are like that and our stress fractures start uh, showing up. And <clears throat> so we need to be convinced that we need to be in the word daily. That's a big point. But next, we need to really seek out the best way it works for us. Like, you don't have to sit in a chair and, you know, I, I can't sit still that long just to sit in a chair, so I'd have to find, you know, some other way to do it. And that's an important thing. No matter how you do it, as long as you're getting the word and you, you put it to work. Um, and this is the personalization of this whole process. And I'm willing to bet that there are a good number of you that have tried getting into the word but failed miserably. Uh, like, you know, sitting down, you can't, like, you get bored. Like, 
you sit in front of a TV, a TV's off, you're reading your Bible, you're going to want to turn on the TV eventually. Um, but, you know, just find a way that works for you, and then you'll be like, okay, okay, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to start reading Genesis, and I'm going to make my way to Revelation, I'm going to get this thing done. And you do it day by day. Well, you get through Genesis, you're like, okay, that's interesting. Get to Exodus, okay. Then you get to Leviticus, and you're in there, you're like, oh gosh. And then you're like, okay, I don't understand it, but I got through it. Then you get to Numbers, um, same thing. And about that time, you just kind of start thinking that you're not getting the stuff, and you just want to put your Bible to the side, and you're like, I'm just going to go to church on Sunday mornings, and I'll get all the word I need. Uh, the problem with that is most of us only go once or twice a week. Uh, actually, there's people that don't go at all. And so you don't really have that word that you're getting, but you need that daily. Uh, like, what if you're not getting your daily food, like, physically? You're not going to make it long. Um, if you eat once a week, you're still going to be in a weakened condition. Uh, you need that daily dose of God's Word. But here's the problem that we try to do it like somebody else does it. Like, if Brent says, well, Trey, uh, December 25th, I started reading. I got done December 25th the next year. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to read December 25th and just be done with it by then. But then I'm just going to do it like him. But that's not being creative. God tells us to be creative in how we read the word. Uh, be creative in what we do, when we do it, and how we do it. Um, <clears throat> so, like I said, headphones. Get headphones, do something. I don't care how you do it. God stresses that. Be creative. Get the word of God. Uh, we don't need to, okay, we, we're getting the word of God. Let's say we get it and we're understanding it. But the problem is we don't need to stop there by just listening. We need to put it into work. Uh, remember, we are talking about listening, but do not stop. And that's where we're going to James uh, chapter 1, not 1 James. No such thing. James chapter 1. And it says this. Verses 22 through 24 says this. Do not merely listen to the word, and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror. <clears throat> Excuse me. And after looking at himself, he goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. Uh, he's relating to the word of God as a mirror. And <clears throat> really that's the function that the, it portrays, the word of God. And do you know that every time you look into the word of God, you see a reflection of yourself? Uh, obviously it's not, it's not really that good. Probably for some of us, uh, me too. I'm not. I'm not trying to diss on anybody. I promise. Um, it shows who you are. It shows who you really, truly are. Um, when we look into the mirror of God's Word, uh, probably people see like warts and wrinkles, and not like that way, spiritually speaking. Uh, and this is that's called conviction. Um, I, that's what I call. I call it conviction of the Holy Spirit. And through God's conviction, you know, he says, child, I love you, but this is who you are, and this is what you look like. And it is up to you to respond to, to what he says. Um, if I simply close my Bible and say, okay, we're good. Uh, now, what's for dinner? Okay, we're going to the football game tonight, whatever. Whatever I've done, it's just like James says, I'm looking in the mirror, then walking away and forgetting what I look like. You know, I'm reading the word and not letting it mean anything to me. Because, you know, when you look in the Bible and you see what you look like from God's visual perspective, and then you don't do anything about it, it's just, you're just forgetting it. Uh, the, kind, the way we do Sunday mornings is pretty different. If Paul would come here, and he would probably, like today, if Paul came, he would probably be like, what in the world are you doing? Um, you know, because that, 
That's not the way they did church. They sat in church for about four or five hours um, back in the day. Uh, and, you know, we have given people an op- Do we give people an opportunity to respond on Sunday mornings? I mean, we do. Um, but so many times you will come to church and you can hear the word. And then you know you have conviction. You feel the conviction. And then we close in prayer. And we're like, okay, good. It's finally over. Let's go eat some KFC. And you're done. Uh, didn't really take the time to think about and apply what God said in that message. We just tend to, you know, go off. Um, and, you know, the whole process of applying, I don't think we can begin to put it into much emphasis. Uh, remember what Jesus said about this, and it's given to us in Luke 6, verses 49, or 47 through 49. Is he putting this up here? Oh, you're not? <clears throat> Sorry. Luke 6, 47 through 49 says this. As for everyone who comes to me and hears my words and puts them into practice, I will show you what you are like. They are like a man building a house who dug down deep and laid the foundation on a rock. When a flood came, the torrent struck that house but could not shake it because it was well built. But the one who hears my words and does not put them into practice is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. The moment the torrent struck that house, it collapsed and its destruction was complete. Um, and that, that's, that's a pretty sobering passage. And I don't think that there is probably any better word picture in the Bible that describes the difference between a healthy faith and a, a non-healthy faith than that. Um, what does your healthy faith enable you to do, you might ask, and it's withstand the tolerance of life, uh, the torrents of life, and the fiery arrows of the evil one, you know, you can, you can extinguish all of them. You're not deflecting, you're good, you're healthy. And when your faith is weak, uh, those things just, they're just going to take you down. Uh, so I think the key first part of building, you want to keep your faith healthy, start by reading the word. And then you can go on to those other ones, which I, I can't really talk about now, because I'd be here, we'd be here like we were for that Nicaragua report. But it, that's, that's the thing of the story. Um, I try to keep it short, and I'm, I'm basically done, I think. I just want to be sure that, you know, we try to keep our faith healthy. I want to encourage everybody to read their Bibles more and not only just merely listen to it, but put it into good works. Um, so we're going to go into invitation. If Isaiah, would you come up here and pray for us? Uh, dear Heavenly Father, uh, thank you for this day. Uh, thank you for everybody joining here t- t- this evening. Um, I thank you for Trey and uh, the message he brought us. And uh, I, just thank you, I just thank you for his wonderful words. And I pray that everybody takes his words in, into, uh, into account and they, and they just listen to, to, his, um, to his wisdom. And I pray, I pray that everybody has a good week. Uh, celebrate the nice Labor Day tomorrow. And... Uh, I just pray that uh, that everybody stays safe over the week, and uh, in Jesus' name, I pray. Amen.